All right. Here we are, the episode 30 of the Late Morning Program with Nam Ross. We have, I am so incredibly honored and so happy to have Rasik Mohan, Prem Pradeep, and Radha Raman Prabhus, uh, who's, who's in the back there. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm so honored and I'm so blessed to have your association. You've been living in Vrindavan for so long and you just dedicated your life to your guru and, and uh, we're going to hear all about it on this episode, guys. This is going to be really nice. So before I start, um, let's talk a little bit about you guys. I know you guys are monks and you're brahmacharis and you don't like to talk about yourself, but... Uh, I'd like to just ask you, what what is your background like? So you've been living, where, what have you been doing for the past, like, uh, let's say, 15 years? So first, I guess, it all started. Um, my parents were devotees who joined the movement in the 70s, right after Prabhupada left. But they had come to some Sunday feasts. Um, and then they joined uh, Mount Kailash community mm -hmm. in California. When I was born they had already moved to san clemente orange county la area and then when i was two we moved up to new Braj, the badger community it was a great wonderful community we have continuing going on we had about two three hundred devotees living there and it was really really fantastic right so we grew up there uh, he also grew up in badger cool and, um, this is under this is under the uh um, guidance of His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, who is your guru's. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, when we were young, very young, you know, at that time we would have Anukut festivals, Rathyatra festivals. Before he came, Srila Bhaktivedanta Narayan Goswami Maharaj, uh, Srila Gurudev, I was ni uh, nine when he came. He was five. Wow. Five. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that was just a very special experience. But really, you know, from we're fortunate that from the time we we're just babies our parents were his parents were Prabhupada disciples amazing wow um, and so Brajendra Nandan Prabhu okay now um yeah so when we were kids we just were immersed in the bhakti culture and then uh, when we were I was nine and he was five uh, our Srila Gurudev came and it was just meeting when you meet someone who is really has that sweetness and spiritual gravity you can just kind of feel the transcendental presence and right. every year he would come and so you know it was it was like growing up as one of his children also amazing and um every year he he told us to i mean he told me to he wanted me to grow up and be a brahmachari and serve his mission so that's since i was nine every year he'd see me you know he got diksha when i was 10 Hari Nam when i was nine we first went to kartik we'd go to kartik every year right and then we finished school and he said okay come to the mat and you know, become a brahmachari serve my mission so amazing last 15 years been doing that so a good friend of mine who i met before i met you all madhukar he told me about you and and what something i noticed that was interesting was that uh, a number of very young uh what we say gurukulis became uh brahmacharis and for a very long period so how many of how many are there like uh, you guys i mean there's madhukar and there's a few yeah. There's a few, you know, some people stay for some time and then, you know, go on to different things. But right. a lot of us, yeah. I think it's of kind us. of unprecedented. Yeah, it's pretty cool. In, you know, I, mean, I don't see that so often. Yeah. It's in, very I mean, rare. In our ashram in Vrindavan, we have about 50, 60 brahmacharis from Russia, from Brazil, from Mexico, from America, wow. England. Amazing. So it's pretty far out. Yeah. Amazing. So And so where did you grow up? Badger. In uh, Badger. New Bridge. Okay, wonderful. 
Wow, wow, that's great. And um, so, what are you doing? Uh, so you've been in Vrindavan uh, f- since how long? So officially moved in 2005, and not just only Vrindavan, but Vrindavan, Mathura, Govardhan, Puri, Navadweep. Really, the three Dams: Navadweep, Puri, Vrindavan. That's the essence for the Gaudias. So we would spend, you know, part of the year in Puri, part of the year in Navadweep, and then majority in Mathura. And then in 2012, um, when we left the Keshavji Gaudiya Mat, we were in Puri, and then South India, and then we started the Radhakunj Ashram in Vrindavan. So Tell we, me a little bit more about that ashram. It's it's really far up place. You know, we have uh, 200 Western devotees living there most of the year. Last, you know, most 200. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, on the C forms, that's how we fill it out. So it's really cool because, in you know, for for an Indian ashram, it's pretty far out, and it's very yeah. eclectic. It's very diverse. You know, you have prasadam, and we have breakfast. Breakfast is crazy. We'll have like Chinese, Indian, Western, you know, bread, cakes, pizza, pasta. You know, sometimes, but the point is, everyone likes to serve and cook. So, you know, we'll sit down with having prasad with people from. 20 nations you know the the the, um the reputation of that ashram is that the prashadam is very nice yeah the the prashad the um, the mood is there is that prashad should be for everyone uh there's no question where you come from who's your guru it's just like serve prashad very simple Prabhupada made it simple like not only should no one go hungry but people should want to come to you know take prashad and relish that krishna's mercy so we serve prashad every day to thousands of people like we during covid we started feeding the villages, the, even the police in the hospitals and outside the ashram. For years, for years, we've been feeding, you know, 600 to 1,000 people daily. And then during COVID, we've increased. And now we just continue serving outside and inside also. So it's pretty far out. It's, it's nice, you know, big kitchen, everything with wood and cow dung, very clean. During uh, the COVID, very few kitchens were allowed to be serving the public like we are. And so the inspection people came and food and drug, you know, in India, and they gave us top marks, like A plus marks, like, and uh, said, you know, they increased our distribution. So it's really nice, clean, and everyone participates, everyone cuts up and cooks. We don't, you know, no one's hired. It's all just devotee run and devotee operated, and it's just free for all. The idea is that, you know, Lakshmi Devi, you know, Anapurna Devi, she gives, Krishna gives, and if you use what he gives to serve everyone, then she gives back. You know, Krishna is the proprietor. We are just the servants. I mean, to run uh, an ashram with 200 devotees, that's not a small feat. Yeah, yeah, it's its a big operation. That's a, it's a, it's big, a big operation. operation. Wow. And lots of Takarji. We have Panchatattva, really? Radha Krishna, and Lita Vishaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the Guru Varga and Morti forms for the Prabhupada, Bhaktisiddhanta Prabhupada, our Guru Dev, Ashilavami Goswami Maharaj. And every day everyone gets full Abhishek and full Shringar. Two different levels, though. Two different levels. Panchatattva is on the, uh, the bottom level and... Radha Krishna on the other level. So we'll have Gorarti, and then we'll have Yugalarti, and then you know, and a string of prayers, and the amazing and everything. It's it's pretty far out. So we have like officially like ten artis a day because it's like it's good exercise. So so with that, I I have to ask you, what brings you to the USA? That's that's the question. That's why. Well, that's why we're meeting you here um, because we're here. Otherwise, we couldn't, right? Right. So yeah, I've been there since 15 years. He's been there 14, 15 years. I mean, since 2005, really. Mm-hmm. And we had no thought whatsoever of coming. I was trying to get Indian citizenship in January. Really? I was, we were both trying to get Indian citizenship, but U.S., you know, if everyone is watching from the U.S., you know, they make it difficult. <laughs> you know, surrendering your passport yes, is a yes. lot of money. And then they want to audit you for five years. And it's like, okay, go for it. I got nothing. <laughs> you know, how much yeah. you want to audit? Go for it. Right. But, you know, it's just like a lot of loops to jump through. And then... You know, that was kind of going on and then COVID hit and COVID's the kind of thing that 
kind of did a, you know, like you got a train going and all of a sudden someone changed the tracks somewhere ahead and just, so everything kind of swerved in a different direction. But mm. as that was going on, for all the Westerners to remain in India became in doubt. Basically, this ashram is a shelter for devotees who want to practice bhajan in India. But now visa statuses, getting, you know, a lot of Westerners, the, all the visas were, um, you know, basically canceled and they get extended stays, but they're essentially exit permits. Really? Yeah, they're exit permits. So essentially, everyone's going to have to leave at some point. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. So that was one of the things. And then, you know, it's just for our, our Srila Gurudev, it's um, basically, it's, you know, the time came, I guess, to, to try to broadcast his glories and his mission and Srila Prabhupada's glories and mission to our small capacity to add to the family of everyone who's doing that already. Right. Um, so really what happened is that, you know, in June, um, we were told to come to America and try to look for a center or try to look for property to create an ashram. Wow. So we came it, in it, June. It reminds me of like how Srila Prabhupada stayed in Vrindavan for a certain amount of time. Oh, I don't and want to then compare ourselves. Not compare you, not compare you, but, but, but like that you kind of like, uh, was, it was a preparation like these 15 or 16, 14 years was a preparation for you to now come to the U S and try to do something for Prachar and, yeah, basically, like, um, there's a few things. Ultimately, we want to create a shelter for devotees, and not just devotees, like, our mood is Vasudeva Kutumbakam. All living entities are part of this family of God, Krishna. And so, to create an ashram is a place of shelter where people can connect with their spiritual essence and progress spiritually and, you know, relieve their material burdens. So, you know, basically, the idea is that, you know, every place should have somewhere that can facilitate that. So, America, for our mission... It's something that we could do also. And there's some centers in California and in Florida and in Texas, but we didn't really have something on the Upper East Coast. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, so why this area basically specifically. we were thinking, specifically this area was, we, we were told, like, not just once, but like again and again and again, you got to do this. And it was like, well, okay, is it a test? Are they really serious? But it was so persistent and with so much confirmation from so many people that it was like, okay, let's, let's do it. So after, as soon as we made that decision, we kind of met with our God brothers and God sisters and started discussing it. But really, it immediately clicked like, let's go to New York. Prabhupada came to New York. Right. It's, we came to New York. We go to Thompson Square Park, take the dust from where Prabhupada came. And, you know, what better place to do something than New York, really, you know? Right. New York, New Jersey, there's so much, um, I guess there's so much energy in the New York region. Um, and we want to be, not to criticize anywhere, but, you know, not dreamers, rather. We want to be engaged in tangible, proactive Guru Seva. Right. And so I think there's a good energy for that in New York, and people are dynamic, and people are open-minded also. But, you know, ultimately, why we start in New York, you know, Northeast, good start in Northeast, then you can go, you know. Yeah, stop and start in the corner. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is your feeling after, I mean, so how long have you been out of Vrindavan now? Three months, uh, no. Four months now. So I lived in Vrindavan for some period of time. And when I left, I felt I, I felt kind of lost, to be honest. I mean, I didn't have a mission like you guys did. <laughs> my mission was like to get married and to, you that's, know, start my grahasta life. But what is your feeling now that you're out of Vrindavan? Well, um, I've had uh, different situations when at times that I was leaving. So like uh, 2016, we came to get just our visas again. You came back to America? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like you First said about like having a mission. Right. That wasn't, didn't really feel like a mission. Okay. It was like just sitting around and it was actually kind of miserable. Right. Um, but uh, no, what you said is, is true. When you, when there's a feeling of mission, right. um, it feels a lot better. That's all I can say. Right, right. Uh, you feel like you're 
still in the seva and you're not like taking a break or waiting or you don't feel like unplugged as much sure right yeah same for me like basically if you're connected to guru seva especially as a brahmachari you have to be because otherwise it i guess you know the grahasta ashram is wonderful because it gives you purpose and if you're a brahmachari and you don't have purpose like and the grahasta ashram bhaktivinoda thakur said it's the support of society it's like mm. There's different perspectives to anything, everything, but essentially, I mean, Grihasta Ashram supports society. That's a mission. Yeah. That's a mission. And, you know, you start with the nuclear family or and the community immediately after that, and then serving society. Essentially, as brahmacharis, we should serve society as well. So we do it from our position and our we have all have different roles, but having that sense of purpose and mission is something that gives you something to wake up to. And the great thing about it for us is that when you do things from your own independent desires, you're standing on your own. You're in a position of doubt because you don't have like guru, heavy gravity, giving you some solid like, okay, mm. this is what I need to do in my in my life and in my seva. It's just my own idea. I'm just going to go do this and do this. I'm not a pure devotee. We're not pure devotees. Mm. We're just brahmacharis trying to serve you know, our guru and Vaishnavs. Yeah. So getting, you know, receiving instructions from Guru Vaishnavas and shelter from Guru Vaishnavas and being able to participate and serve our community of devotees in the world, that's really, a, it's something that gives you a lot of inspiration to go about your day. Well said. Amazing. Wow. I, I admire that a lot. I really do. Um, that said, though, it is really sad to be out of Vrindavan. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we no. Have to, you, have to, you have to have that. Yeah. For I sure. guess when we left, you know, the Vaishnavas were telling us that if you if you're really serving your guru then guru is always with you and guru is always with you anyway like paramatma is always with you but right. the question is he's with you are you with him yeah paramatma is in the heart krishna's in the heart but are you with him are you focused on him and serving him right. so it's you know we feel that connection but at the same time yeah it's sad to be gone but you know right. life is full of adaptation and evolution mm. now going back to the uh, so where did you basically end up i mean for the sake, I mean, I know, yeah. but for the sake yeah. of the our our, our audience here, here in New York, meaning like so um, the ashram. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll jump to it. The ashram, yeah. We yesterday we closed on a property. We've been we've it's been a an amazing roller coaster. We were on I, like two months ago. We were on a four hours news cycle. Like every four hours, something drastic would change. What do you mean? Just like the situation, the the place. People would say yes. People would say no. It was just very like volatile like covid with the same thing things were changing all the time so it would like morning you'd get one email with one kind of thing and then it would change that would change so basically change. you're trying to secure a property securing a property but also just different ideas where to go oh where to go different okay. people different ideas which state to go to where right. to start things you know where to invest things and also different things like you know it was fluctuating a lot mm. and we, there was one property we liked a lot and and it was really funny that you want to just get, I'll just tell you the whole, and you can interrupt. Please, in, yeah, in yeah, please, <clears throat> please go for it's it. It's a very interesting story for people that, yeah. you know, we basically just jumped in the deep end trying to do this. I have, I have no experience doing anything like this, and yeah. I've never even been to New York besides once growing up. But, um, <laughs> wow. We were very into a beautiful property. The idea is to have a retreat center where, you know, devotees, not just a retreat center, but a bhakti ashram where people can stay and immerse themselves in the bhakti culture and kirtan harikata. So that was kind of our purpose. And it's hard to get a place in the city where you can host lots of people for anything reasonable as far as financial capability. Yeah. So that's why we're looking a little bit outside the city, but close enough that you can come do Sankirtan, you can come do programs, people can come there and stay, have rooms, things like that. So the first place we were looking at on Janmashtami, they were like, okay, 
it was a long struggle and then they raised the price and then they didn't know if they're going to sell to us or not they're a christian group so i think then they found out we're like quasi hindu or whatever you want to call us mm. you know is that the uh, one where you, there was the lake yeah you jumped into the lake so and everything? basically that was, great. that was a great place i was excited about was, that that was really exciting but basically the place we ended up you know when it fell through on nandotsev yeah it fell through on nandotsev they and john Mason they're like we'll do it and then nandotsev they said no we changed our mind so i was like okay rad asked me something's gonna come through <laughs> Krishna's crooked and he's tricky, you know, he's like right. bait and switch. All right. So Krishna's like, okay, bait and switch, okay, Radharani, you know. So on Radastami, we actually um, finalized, you know, getting a property. We decided upon, we did the building inspections, we were ready to immediately get, enter into contract. That was back in Radastami. So the place is called Ellenville. It's an hour and a half from where we are here in Jersey. And from uh, Manhattan, it's about an hour and a half, too. Once you get into Queens, it's sure. about an hour, 50, hour, uh, two hours. It's a beautiful town. It's very beautiful. I actually say it's it's better than the other town we were looking at was Liberty. And it's a little farther and a little bit more run down. But Ellenville is a really beautiful town. Shawangunk Ridge and that the views is gorgeous. 60 acres we got. Um, 60 acres right by a 50-acre lake. So the other one had a small lake on the property. Yeah. This one has a huge lake right next to the property. Wow. It's a private association of the lake, which we're a club member of. Of course. It's beautiful. The property is great. Four houses, 15 bedrooms, 11 bathrooms, seven kitchens. Two sides of the road, 30 acres undeveloped. Uh, I sent out a trailer. Some people probably saw, or we could put it in the description or something. Sure, we will, yeah. It's a really beautiful place. It's really, it's really nice. You know, we got some Maharajas come today and, you know, and some devotees from up uh, Mantra Central. So what's your, what's your plan for, for this? We're having a opening inaugural festival on October 17 and 18. Okay. So we'll have a lot of devotees staying there at the property. You're invited. Yes, I, I'm totally coming. <laughs> Newsflash. I'm not, I'm not saying overnight. I'll probably not, yeah. but I, but, I will yeah, totally 17, come. 17, 18, we'll have, you know, Yagyabhi, Kirtan, Harikata, guests, and things like that. Wonderful. Nice prashadam. And going forward, you know, we'll see. Obviously, you know, we want to have a place to host devotees and house festivals and preach from, you know. Right. And spread, you know, our mission coming here. And it's very important that, you know, we have so much connection and love for Srila Prabhupada and our Srila Gurudev. You know, Srila Prabhupada is like, you know, we were told before he came here, Srila Prabhupada is the Ishtadev of America, basically. Right. So, you know, we're going to establish uh, our Srila Gurudev's Murti and Prabhupada Murti and, you know, worship them and then have, you know, we'll have Vigraha come when they desire to, when they decide to. Right. Um, you can tell already, you know, there's, there's the whispers of, you know, Vigraha's desiring to come. Mm, so Really? We'll have some beautiful mandir and places, but ultimately, you know, we want to, we have different publication sevas and preaching sevas and programs and just, I like to be very engaged personally and, you know, try to live in a dynamic way. In the U.S., it's a sink or swim place kind of. Oh, yeah, in New totally. York, 50 yeah. acres, 60 acres. We don't have jobs to maintain the place. Right. And I don't want to be a burden on, you know, grahastas or even on, you know, Vaishnavas from India. We want to try to, you know, do our best to make a really dynamic place. And so we started like we have a, you know, religious nonprofit. We'll do charity activities, spiritual education, things like that. Keep things very, you know, um, genuine, have a lot of integrity, a lot of transparency with our operations. But we'll surf through that. And that's an interesting conversation we could segue into or whatever else you want to talk about. But Sure. No, no, basically, please. Okay. So. Oh, there's a lot of things to talk about in relation to that. But basically, <laughs> I mean, my mood is we're all part of the same spiritual family. And the why do you bring out the circle? The why do you realize everyone's part of the same spiritual family? Mm. Like you can say, okay, human beings, but then you can say, no, really all living entities, all creation, it's all Krishna's creation. Mm. It's all Krishna's jagat. So 
we should have a sense of you know brotherhood we have these it's like so it's a cliche and so people think oh it's just a cliche but the more you develop in spirituality the more you can see the the deeper centricity and the deeper connectedness between all beings yeah so we see that not only just with our, our different vaishnav sanghas but also you know how we can have how can people in general appreciate what krishna consciousness has to offer if we don't have a sense of brotherhood to people you have to have a sense of connection through love and care and compassion people just seeing you have an essential affection for them mm. sometimes in preaching oh you're eating meat or you're eating it's like everyone's on the spiritual path in life and, right and we need to try to help them become more advanced in that uplift them and without affection how how can you progress in that so right <laughs> i've never seen that before um wow that's really that's really amazing so what like um what enthuses Premadeep, what enthuses you about the future of this ashram I would say um, I can speak uh, particularly among our God brothers. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of fired up people, but um, it would be really nice to actually um, get together more in a powerful way. Mm. Um, everyone's been saying it to each other. They're like, oh, we wish things were more dynamic. Uh, thing like, you know, when Gurudev used to come by every year or we would follow him around, I mean, yeah it's amazing but you know that's happening less because Srila Gurudev left right and everyone's expressing like I would really like to do something would you really like to do something but like hopefully this yeah. is a way to do it interesting that's that's a it's a good point something that I find interesting is that this is a project that is fully you know the catalyst for this project is second generation devotees you guys and that's super inspiring to me. Like for, for someone like me, for me to kind of take on an ISKCON project, it, it, it's like a lot of red tape involved. Just when it comes to like, um, and this is not a criticism. This is just the size of ISKCON. And, and uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of like you have uh, older devotees in charge. So to give away that... Um, responsibility to the younger devotees requires some type of faith in them and things like that but for your for, for what you're doing it's kind of like trailblazing you know you're just like you're blazing your own trail and i, I find that really amazing and uh i i'm just like super excited for what it, you have in store for the future and um so beyond the uh oh you know tell us about that tell tell us a story about how you secured yeah, it yeah yeah Okay, just one comment though. I just sure. really feel like Mahajana, Mahajana Jena Gatapanta. Yeah. So in one sense, you could say we're trying to forge a pathway, but in essence, in reality, we're trying to follow the footsteps of our predecessor Acharyas. And sure. So, um, but yes, at the same time, there's a balance. I would say that it's very important for us to be under Anugatya and Ashray. Naratam Dastakur sings, Ashraya Luya Bhaje Tare Krishna Nahityaje Arshab Mureyakaran. So, being under shelter and respecting our seniors and all our senior Vaishnavas, but at the same time, having that faith and trust in you to, you know, kind of Vaishnavas, Krishna so mercifully always gives you free will and he gives you direction, but ultimately he gives you choice. Mm. So it's a mixture. Um, the question was, yeah, okay, so this is a very interesting part of the story. It was around Baladev Purnima time, 
So it's all, it's been connected to Baladev. There was like three, you know, chapters going on, Baladev and then Janmashtami and Radhashtami. Right. Around Baladev Purnima, it was kind of like the, um, the support underneath you had seemed seemingly collapsed for a moment where it seemed like um, probably wasn't, wasn't going to happen because there wasn't the, 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 some of the financial backing had, it was a little bit like um, ephemeral mm. when it came time to give um, like a actual cash offer and things like that. You have to show so that kind of, and then we we're trying to raise bridge loans and that wasn't working out. So it seemed like it was not going to happen essentially. And it's probably hard for you to get a mortgage because. Yeah. Not only that hard, but you know, yeah. Impossible to get a mortgage. I have zero credit. Right. I have no credit history. I, you know, right. He doesn't, he doesn't have a bank account. Right. It's hard to get one because they're like, <laughs> well, you don't exist. They're like, show us your social security card. It's like, I really don't exist. He doesn't exist. He's off the grid. <laughs> I'm starting to get on the, I'm kid. trying to get on the track. That's and, so you know, funny. So yeah, there's no question of mortgaging it. Um, and so it wasn't going to happen essentially. And then right around Baladev Purnima, my friend, I won't name drop, but his name, okay, well, yeah, he doesn't want me to name drop, but it's connected to Baladev. Sure. It starts with Ba. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever is watching this yeah. and knows that, you guess, so, I guess you can. Anyway, um, it, was, it was, I'm telling you, it was like such a crazy thing because it was like, okay, well, well we're, we were going to meet our friends in Hawaii and spend some time. They have like some place there but it wasn't really our idea was having a mainland ashram where you can preach from and travel around america from so yeah it wasn't yeah. really gonna happen and then and it was just when i'd fallen through that i got a i got a whatsapp from my friend who said uh, he said i gotta talk to you and i said okay well what's up and i called him and he said well uh, my dad just got a check in the mail for 250 grand in his what? name <laughs> and he's a brahmachari also for many years so the person who had sent it I won't name drop her name either because she likes to be anonymous, but she's, she's a Christian lady um, with some idea of kind of reincarnation and samsara and things like that. So she also has understanding of that, but you know, she's Christian, believes in one God and things like that. And she had not really known this guy, met, uh, met him once, had some interaction, uh, business relationship with his father and you know, she had decided I want to give this to a good cause and I think we'll give it the right thing. And so, Amazing. you know, and, and then, you know, immediately because that was what was, you know, you know, we've done different works that we've done, like build our Gurudev Samadhi and Navadweep and we're trying to build the Pushpa Samadhi in Puri. Mm. There's always things going on that, you know, Lakshmi can go to serve essentially. But, you know, this was obviously clear that actually the far, far the craziest part of the story, and it's a very crazy story, beyond the fact that she's not a devotee, I mean, she's not a Hare Krishna, you know, and um, she hadn't ever, like, I talked to her the other day and I was like, you know, what are you going to do that? I said, you know, Kirtan. She said, what's Kirtan? She doesn't even know, what, you know, like, she'll learn and she's going to come and visit, which is far out, you know. But wow. um, essentially, there's no, no background in this. And we were exactly 250 short on our offer, exactly. And that just, I'm telling you, it's like, crazy story. I've told these people and everyone says it's the craziest story they've heard. No relation. And right. the guys in India and and it came in massachusetts so it's a very interesting story and it was you know for us it was like a you know like when you know you're like you're on your 11th hour and you get like an adrenaline shot it's like, <laughs> not an adrenaline shot but it's like okay game's on yeah game's on so that was around baladev pranima and then then the other place was still going on and then ended up we got this place when i was first looking we spent three months looking all over mm. jersey massachusetts connecticut new york even like looking at place in new hampshire virginia um vermont wow a lot like 
online five six of our friends looking and we traveled i got you know we got this car from our friend and then i put already like four thousand miles on it in a month and a half oh my god so like we've been on the road doing the beat right but the for one of the first towns we visited was ellenville and we really immediately struck us as really nice and we saw property there like it was about 40 acres and it was like 80 grand it was a gorgeous view and like you know undeveloped but it was like wow that's pretty cool and after we went there we went to the next place and it was like wow this is great but ultimately we came back to that town that we really liked the first time and we found a really great place place of worships are loud there it's the pacific zoning um you know a beautiful lake you know everything was like a little bigger and better mm. more houses less money so you know we got that and it's really felt like it you know every step of the way for me it's felt like you know if we're doing things independently against krishna's will or against guru Vaishnava's will there's no there's no shakti in it there's no taste in it there's no rasa in it mm. but when you're trying to serve the higher purpose the higher will it gives you a lot of shraddha but it also gives you a lot of confidence that I can do this because it's the right thing and because it's for a noble cause. Right. You know, so yeah. um, that's, that's an amazing story. When, you know, in any kind of um, like undertaking, there's always some type of challenge that might come up. What do you, what do you feel that could be challenging in your, in the future of your ashram or how would you deal with it? You want to speak or I'll speak first, then you can talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many challenges in life and you know you kind of have to expect challenges especially in Kali Yuga yeah um, Kali Yuga I guess the greatest challenge is very straightforward Kalim Kalam Lati the nature of Kali Yuga is to in increase quarrel mm. and also hypocrisy so if we can try to remain free of quarrel and hypocrisy to the greatest of our capacity then things would be running great getting a lot of large group of people to agree on things is difficult and that's why I firmly and deeply honestly believe in the concept of unity and diversity and it's again another cliche but when you really get into it, it means that ultimately we have higher connection or deeper connection and so then we should celebrate our diversities like genuinely celebrate them and i gave the example of flowers like who would want one kind of flower one color one smell hmm. that'd be boring yeah i want many colors many fragrances many shapes many sizes and that diversity is beautiful but it's, they're all flowers yeah they're all united in that ultimate, you know, you call it the substrata. So if we see that we're all connected, then we can celebrate, oh, I do these things a little bit this way. I do, like, nine, I was talking with devotees um, from ISKCON. I was, they were asking me, like, well, what's different about the Gaudiya Ma? And I said, like, we do this, this is the same, this is the same, this is the same. Mm. It's all the same, like 99.9%. We, like, really? And then the differences are so subtle and so, like, really, like, they're celebratory differences. Mm. If we can accept that they're celebratory differences, we can be great friends. Can you give an example? I'll give you a great. I'll give an example. We were at this uh, Iskon house for two days, and they did Mangal Arti, and and we said, okay, we'll do the Gorastikam Sangsaradava during Arti, and they said, no, no, we sing Vibhavarishisha. And I said, well, and we were like, okay, we went along with it. Right. But you know, some people would say, oh no, why are you singing Vibhavarishisha for Mangal Arti? And 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 we said, well, like they do it in Vrindavan Krishna Balaram. Yeah. So it's like the differences that you perceive as a difference, Prabhupada Samadhi place, they, they sing that song. And so it's not like, it's not that either one is right or wrong. It's something to celebrate. You know, people can do things in a different way mm. without them being antagonists. I think that's really important. I think for us, that's something that we really need to set in, in, in a precedence. You know, it needs to have the precedence set that people can do things in a different way without being antagonists there's no reason to be intact like there's genuine reason to be antagonist with people who are like completely opposite from you 
who like hate your guts and yeah. who, who want to kill you. Yeah. And really, actually, no one really wants to do that. Who really wants to do that? There's evil villains in, in Hollywood. And, you know, Maya obviously provides your karma in different forms, you know. Yeah. Your karma appears in different forms of various villains that, you know, <laughs> reap what you sow. Yeah. Okay. But, like, essentially, you know, if you're talking to a Christian, you're talking to a Buddhist, like, we believe in being good people. We believe in some higher power. You know, even atheists, at the end of the day, Krishna says, I appear to them in the form of Kal. Like, at the end of the day, you know, in when they're in the womb, they believe in God. When they die, they have to believe in God because they see the reality of the impermanence of the soul and spiritual journey. Mm. So it's like we have so much connection as human beings. Mm. Why should we fight? And, you know, we should at the same time, that's why I say unity in diversity. We have to maintain integrity of our various individual spirits. We have to maintain our integrity. Yeah. But we don't have to fight over these things because <clears throat> we can celebrate them. That's the whole principle of diversity. Now, if we don't have the unity then the diversity causes conflict. So you say, no, we're gone, we're Gaudiya Maya, you're guys Bhaktivedanta, whatever. It's like, ultimately we have connection and our differences are something to celebrate. If there's no unity, we're in the same mission of Mahaprabhu. Like ultimately, we're in Mahaprabhu. We can all agree on Mahaprabhu, right? Mm. We all agree on Mahaprabhu. We all believe in Radha Krishna, Vrinda Devi, Tulsi prayers, mm. Tulsi Parikrama. You know, some song may have a different line, a different line. Right. I'm like, I want to hang out with you, do your way. Come sometimes hang out with me, do it our way. Yeah. Just, you know, hang out and be 100%. friends. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm serious. Like I really strongly believe one of the difficult things will be, you know, accepting differences and, and being happy about them. Mm. Not just being happy about it. Like, it's like Krishna gives freedom to the jivas. Krishna gives freedom. Who are we to usurp the jivas' freedom to try to force them to do something our way? Mm. That makes, that's us trying to be God. And that's, you know, the greatest violation of someone to try to usurp their freedom and control them without their will. Mm. So, you know, my mood is that we should, we should, you know, be servants instead of being masters. Do the best as we can to be servants of others. Seva parama dharma. Mm. And then we can get along and have a really beautiful, loving relationship. That's a, a, a great point. Did you want to add something? Yeah. Uh, one thing was that um, that's, that's a great point, but... When it comes to staying true to your own tradition, what 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 would you say? Meaning, our traditions are not different; this the same. But I'm saying uh, there's little differences. But staying true to your own guru parampara, guru varga, how would you s respond to that? So I would say that you look at um, our Vaishnavas give this example of the holy rivers, Ganga, Jamuna, Sarasvati. All of them have specialities. Right. When they merge in the ocean, their unique qualities aren't apparent. They become unapparent. So you want to preserve them because that preserves culture. Culture means who wants one thing? You go to ice, you go to Baskin and Robbins, there's not one flavor. Mm. There's 32 flavors. <laughs> Krishna is Raso Vaishaha. Krishna is the emporium of flavors, Rasa. Mm. Mm. So Everyone should do their utmost best to preserve their culture and tradition. It's just straightforward. Preserve, strengthen, do your best to protect, to preserve the integrity of it. And while accepting and embracing the fact that other people should also do that. Mm. And, and, and really seriously do it because it's ultimately everyone's duty. Like you have a family, it's your duty to take care of your family and support your family and help your family grow. And you can look at that as a society, as an institution, as a sangha, or as an individual family. You can still have a neighbor who you get along with and have dinners with and invite over to your events. They invite you to their events. 
and and you get along but you yeah you must preserve your your integrity of your tradition you have to yeah otherwise it's just going to disappear like time is the great destroyer Carlos me the only way to buttress against the impeding doom is to do your best to preserve dharma dharma rakshita rakshita preserve dharma to your utmost capacity knowing that ultimately krishna is the great destroyer and krishna is also dharma right so everything has its time and ultimately we're lucky that we're present in sanatan dharma which is eternal and it appears and disappears according to our vision but it's eternal so you know we do our best but ultimately it's eternal yeah the, the, there's two directions i want to go with now in the conversation but uh one direction is that i notice um I mean, this is something I've been thinking about for the past few months. Maybe you saw the conversation I had with Venkatabhatta or Hridananda Maharaj. Uh, but um, I notice you guys are always wearing dhotis and, and you know the saffron cloth and everything. What is your strategy for uh, uh, attracting people to Krishna consciousness? Is it is it changing anything about your uh, your dress or about... Uh, the presentation or making it less Indian culture or less Vedic and more Western? Like, what do you, what is your, you, you guys are second generation devotees. This is what you grew up with. So this is what you know. Same with me. This is what I know. But but now that you have a ashram and now you're trying to grow, you're a, essentially a preaching movement now, you know, like, I mean, you always were, but now like yeah. really like you're, you're out of Vrindavan, you're, 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 in, you're in the wild west, you know, what is your strategy? I can say personally, uh, I'm. It's it's funny. I'm just personally into tradition, like old school stuff. It's just like an easy part of my. Just that's how my mind. It's works. you. Yeah. I mean, I know I I can. I mean, personally, yeah, I like to wear dhotis and everything in public, and it's like this is my culture. This is like, and I think people see that and they're like, okay, he's yeah. real, and that might attract realness from them. You know. Totally. Totally. Um, but no, I do understand why people would think, oh, it would be better to dress like uh, Western style when you meet this and, you know, I, I can understand that. But for me, it's just so, I'm just so hardwired to love the old school stuff. Like, for example, smartphones. I'm like, sure, I'll use them. It can help with Seva. But personally, it's just like, they didn't have smartphones even a few years ago. Yeah. Like, people had to use their brains, you know. That's that's how, how old are you? Core. How old are you? I'm 29. 29 okay yeah yeah i mean we were all alive when i remember when i first got my smartphone one devotee i was living in rindavan at the time and he had come and brought a smartphone to rindavan and he was showing me i was like what is this like why what do you do what's an app and things like i could totally understand what you mean but some people they they their whole lives have been with internet and smartphones and and i feel like we're very blessed to actually remember times when there wasn't that you know but yeah i mean yeah but i'm just saying like that's just how i naturally am um, sure i like it like you know, we didn't used to have this, so, you know, I like the tradition, you know? Right, right. That's real. And I think that what, what you said about it, it it would attract sincerity from other people because that's what you are. You're just being yourself, you know? Do you feel like the same way? I have some interesting thoughts on it. Basically, naturally, we, you know, Krishna West, it's like, don't force people to be anything necessarily. You know, you should support and encourage the tradition while also just being yourself. And... In the West, it's kind of natural to wear the clothes that people naturally wear. And so sure. it's like, it's almost like something that's organic. You don't have to create a dogma around it. Right. So let it organically happen. Mm. And at the same time, you know, every religion has its traditional dress. 
it's you know ancient traditional food and things like that and that's also something that usually comes from their rich cultural history as well as their scriptures so for us it's like pitambara darashragvi shakshan manmanta matmanta it's krishna wears a pitambara mm. krishna wears you know natavarvesh that's krishna that's what bridge basis to say that that's a reflection or a, like something that's only in the material world is not true it's it's deeper than and sometimes people say like you know people the the Prabhupada would say you know we're not we're not promoting indian culture we're not promoting india's religion it's a world th worldwide thing international society for krishna consciousness but we have to also at the same time recognize that it does have a background and it does have an eternal stali an eternal place mm. it's the international society for krishna consciousness some people were saying call it god consciousness Prabhupada said no what are the benefits spiritually from saying god Compared to what, the, you know, there's no sasha that says 1,000 times saying God is equal to one time saying Krishna. Mm. It's not there. Saying Krishna once is extremely, it destroys all pop. Why would you want people not to say that? So one thing is that it's kind of not let things go organically. And also, you know, you should preserve the tradition. And the other is that, you know, I guess um, there was some other things. <laughs> I lost my train of thought a little bit. But yeah, we should we should embrace our our. We shouldn't feel like vulnerable or fearful of like this is who we are and maybe yeah. this makes us look weird and right. and and people like you said people react to what's real if they see it's real and and ultimately you know lots of people it's it's a it's kind of a fallacy in my mind that you can't be successful preaching in devotee dress yeah okay? agreed you can see great preachers who aren't even Vaishnavas or Hindus like um, Dandapani. And 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 in our society, in Iskon, you know, look at Gorgo Paul. He's got millions of subscribers. A lot of his talks aren't Christian. You know, like they're not Krishna centric. They're more bridging people into it, where he gets more Krishna centric and right. Radha Swami's books and things like that. So it's like, just because you, oh, I, oh, I wear tilak and a dhoti, and people are going to be like, I'm a freak or something. It's like, no. It's like, and if it's useful to preach, you know, Prabhupada would say also, if it's useful to preach in a way, you know, in a patent suit, yeah, great. Yeah. Like for us, particularly as brahmacharis, this is our this is our robes, right? And this is you know the vow. This symbolizes the vow we have taken of celibacy. More than that, just of, of service and sacrifice to Krishna, and to you know Srimati Radharani, and that we're trying to offer our life 100% to them. So it's symbolic of that, and it helps you know vesh avesh samavesh. If you're in the proper vesh, mm. it helps your absorption avesh, and that helps you know it also creates an environment that's favorable. But ultimately, it's like let people be people. And there's no need to create more and more dogmas around, you know, like, okay, you know, anti-Indian. Like, we should have, like, in our Radhikunj, we have prasad, you know, sometimes we'll have pasta for breakfast, sometimes we'll have kitchari for breakfast, sometimes we'll have right. idli and sambar. It's like, it's all beautiful, it's all good. But, you know, there is an inherent, you know, beyond Vedic, Vraj quality. What is the nature of Vraj? What is the nature of Sveta Dweep, Nava Dweep? Right. What is Mahaprabhu dressed like? Mahaprabhu doesn't dress in pants and jeans. One time they tried to do that in... Banki Bihari. Right. And there was a huge furor over it and for good cause. Mm. You know, Krishna doesn't wear leve Levi's. I don't even know what they're called. Levi's? Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> the Krishna fact that you don't Levi's. know that is so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Levi's. Okay. Yeah. I got a bit, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got a bit of a cramp in my leg. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, so is that your... So, so then for, for this ashram... You're you're just presenting yourself as you. Well, not only that, but it's just there's going to be lots of people who come, and a lot of people preach from pants and shirts. Like a lot of people may come and use that place to, you know, we'll have interface stuff, you know. So it's we're not saying you have to do it one way. Yeah, you know, someone who's in Krishna West can come and preach. 
go for it. Like we want to sit and discourse and discuss and have a friendly mood towards everyone. And again, we preserve our traditions, but we can also discuss and debate and you know right. discourse and those things are good. Right. Now, um, I want to kind of change gears and talk a little bit about a sensitive topic, but not so sensitive. I mean, we, we are all, you know, I feel like we can make some, uh, I mean, clarifications on things. Uh, so I, you know, I grew up in, in the 90s. You guys all grew up in the 90s as well. Now, why, why was there so much, uh, why was there so much friction between ISKCON and your Guru Maharaj's group? This is now. This is this is unprecedented yeah. right now. What we're doing, we're discussing this yeah. uh, as devotees, as friends. I mean, I, I respect you guys so much. And um, something that you said on the phone to me the other day that really, what your whole mood about like about like inclusion and and uh, and just like brotherhood when it comes to Krishna, you know, even though we're from different uh, societies, this kind of um, how to say it, this kind of like, uh, yeah, inclusion and, and kind of like open talking. I think this is like super revolutionary. And so, uh, with that, I just want to, you know, open it up to you to kind of like clarify. I mean, I, you don't take it as like a pre no, no, like no, that's I pressure can, I, or anything, let's but it, let's address it. Let's jump into it. Yeah. Go for it. Preview it more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Preclude it more. Yes. Yes. There's a multifaceted answer and there's, you know, multivariate analysis. <laughs> sure. Okay. You give a univariate answer and it's, you know, it becomes, um, it doesn't show the whole picture. So we don't want to show a few pixels that show, you know, the full picture. Right. But that's obviously something that takes time and detail. Right. It's easier to show a, dis you know, a snapshot from a distance. But right. there's a few things to say about that. I would say that, you know, bridges versus walls. Um, so, you know, and, you know... Basically, from our, it's hard not to speak from our perspective. I want so, you to, I want so, you to speak a hundred percent from yeah. your perspective and speak honestly, yeah. and don't feel like so, you're gonna offend anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, this saying, is. I'm not offending anyone. I'm just saying, if you look at the actual history, you know, it was clear that Arshad Gurudev and Prabhupada were very close friends. Right. Um, a lot of the letters were lost, whether purposely or not. A lot of the letters were lost. There was a long. Um, history of interchange of uh, letters between Shri Prabhupada and Gurudev. And, you know, when, when Prabhupada was in Mathura, they brought him specifically, Param Gurudev and our Gurudev, like, oh, he's in, he's in Vrindavan? He's in, uh, he's in Mathura, the Holy Gali. You know, he, they went and said, no, you have to come and stay in our ashram. They were, they were brothers. When we started the Gaudiya Vedanta Samiti in the 40s, he was a founding member. Prabhupada was. Yes, yeah, so the Gaudiya Vedanta Samiti mm. in the 40s uh, there were four founding members. Prabhupada was one. He was the uh, chief editor of the Bengali magazine and the Hindi magazine. And then, you know, and it was his mission by Bhakti Siddhanta Prabhupada to go and to preach and, you know, revolutionize preaching in the West, the whole world, which he did. And, and you know, during that time, you know, because now I'll, I'll say that I'll say, I'll say from what I've learned and what I believe also is that Prabhupada was right from his side to put a wall up between some Gaudiya Mat, you know, and ISKCON. He needed to. Right. The Western devotees were new and they needed a sense, a central figure. You need a central figure who is your spiritual authority. So everything is not confusing because everyone has different ways. And so starting something new, you can't have 20 founders. 
because every one of them is going to have a speciality and a special way of doing things. Right. Prabhupada needs to do that. On top of that, you know, not all of the Gaudiya Mat was favorable to Prabhupada because there was a, a, there was a revolutionary thing about Prabhupada, which is something awesome. Like we really love Prabhupada for how he was, you know, and simple things. And actually our Gurudev, you know, it's another sensitive topic, but like, you know, he was part of this Vedanta Samiti society as the vice president for 60 years. And then because he was allowing women more roles, they kicked him out as a board, you know, and made many complaints, you know, as the, the, the more, you know, you know, I don't want to use the word patriarchal, you know, because I, I, you know, ultimately we believe in Krishna as the supreme patriarch, you know, and Shruti right. Radhika is the supreme, you know, force, Shakti. So, but there was, there was resistance against our Gurudev also. So with Prabhupada, he was doing some things which would be considered a little bit more, you know, it's not even that it's heterodox, it's orthodox, but he's just like, he's adapting and bringing everyone in. Like Mahaprabhu, if you look at Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu brought everyone in. You know, he would say, Chandale, Brahmane, Kole, Kadatale. You know, everyone mm. should be part of this. Whoever has the most devotion, they are the guru. They are the, they are the, the master who should be regarded. You know, Raghunandan, Mahaprabhu asked, um, who, who is your father? I think, what was, what's this? Yeah, who is the father? He said, no, my son is the father. Because look how much love he has for Gopinath. Mm. So the mood of Mahaprabhu is always like, celebrate whoever has great devotion for Krishna without distinction of caste and creed. Sometimes, you know, when Prabhupada would bring his new Western disciples, you know, certain Bodhimattacharyas wouldn't take their prasad that they cooked. Right. So these things like, you know, these devotees are babies. Like you have to, a baby, you have to love and care and foster and help nourish and develop. And if like, oh, you know, I'm not going to, you touched it, like you're Malecha. That's, how's that going to help build up, you know, like people's, confidence in krishna consciousness from a foreigner perspective right so that's why i'm saying from from Prabhupada was the one who said initially that you know you should limit your connection with the Gaudiya Mat. Mm. now he did say also it, it, before he departed entered nitya that now you know the war is over kind of thing and so he said there should be more of a interchange of ideas and of connections and at the same time Prabhupada did now that's one angle the other side is that Prabhupada. You know, when he was preaching, he requested again and again, you know, this should be a branch of the Gaudiya Mat. You know, he requested many different preachers to come. Arshila Gurudev requested to come, different preachers. You know, everyone is ultimately, you know, strapped and busy trying to maintaining their different organizations and societies. So, you know, it wasn't possible to happen. But ultimately, Prabhupada, you know, he, he, he created his, he was the founder of of his society. So there's two things. One of the sensitivities from ISKCON's side is that there's not a proper appreciation from the Gaudiya Mat for Prabhupada's position as founder Charya of ISKCON. That's one of the things. There's not a proper appreciation that Srila Prabhupada is the founder of ISKCON and what he did was such an amazing service to Sri Krishna that, you know, it was, you know, there's a great, okay, I'll give you a great example. Prabhupada, there's a story of Prabhupada when I think someone was saying like, oh, well, you know, you've done this and so many people could have done this. And Prabhupada gave the example of, I think it's a Columbus story, but basically, I don't, I don't know the whole story, but basically there's a story of like, a, someone said like, you know, take an egg and put it on the top of the roof and make it stay, something like oh, that. I think I, I think I might've heard that. I, I, this, I probably haven't heard this for 20 years. Stand but, it up on the table. Stand it up on the table. Yeah. But I think it was the top of the roof or something. No, and so he cracked it and they stood it there. So he said, everyone, anyone could have done that. No, but that person did it. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, that's a silly example, but what Prabhupada did was, what Prabhupada did was genuinely 
and I'm not saying this because you're an Iskan, I'm trying to impress you or any of your followers. Like this right. is a kind of, this is a mis misunderstanding from Iskan's side towards the Gaudiya Mat that maybe like there's, there's another angle that why I see Iskan feels like the Gaudiya Mat is like they try to leech off Iskan devotees. Right. Okay. And so it's like, oh, you know, let's go and do the groundwork and then we'll just kind of pluck the, the, when the fruits are ripe, we'll pluck them. Right. So that's obviously something that's going to be hurtful. And I, no. I genuinely think that shouldn't be done. And, you know, we've been meeting different Iskand devotees and it's like, wow, what you're doing is amazing. We love you guys. She's like, you guys are our big brothers. Mm. Really. Like, for us, second generation devotee, we grew up in Iskand community and now we're kind of like serving our Gurudev and we became connected to him. There's a misunderstanding from Iskand's side that our Gurudev didn't really have a deep relation with Prabhupada. It was a tactic. I was at our Radhikunj Ashram and I overheard, you know, everyone's sitting, taking prasadam. Yeah. And I was, they're waiting actually at the stairs and they're talking, oh, they just use Prabhupada. They just have a Prabhupada more because they want to use Prabhupada to show and attract us. Like, they were no. saying that in the... Waiting for prasadam. Oh my God. In the stairs. And, you know, I was walking by and I, and I heard them talking about that in like heated way. Yeah. So it's like the misunderstanding from Iskand's side is that and there's different areas of Gaudiya different Sanghas, but like from our side specifically with Gurudev, there's zero question about our relation to Prabhupada and our love for Prabhupada because, for example, his parents are Prabhupada disciples. The Maharaj who just came to our property, Prabhupada disciple. You know, most of the Maharaj is Prabhupada disciples. We are in that line of Prabhupada. Yeah. There's no question that Prabhupada is in our group Parampara. Now, that's a whole question about Siksha versus Diksha. Bhagavad Parampara includes Siksha and Diksha. Mm. So, you know, Prabhupada... Can be your diksha guru, he can be your shiksha guru. Now, obviously, we're not saying he's like a param shiksha guru or something, but you know, Krishna is shiksha guru, Mahaprabhu is shiksha guru, the scriptures, the guru, also, you know, through the Vani. So the point is that Prabhupada is genuinely part of what we are. And that's why we're establishing a Prabhupada Morti at our center. Right. And if people were saying, Oh, you're trying to do Prabhupada Morti to track this kind of people, it's like you can think that. Yeah. But I genuinely have such a deep connection to Prabhupada. Like we go to Prabhupada Samadhi all the time in Vrindavan and yeah. pray to Prabhupada yeah. and genuinely have such a deep love and relation with Prabhupada. So there's different Gaudiyamat Sanghas and I will say that Prabhupada did what was necessary because Prabhupada's guru. Guru does what's right under Krishna's direction. Otherwise, he's not a genuine, pure guru. Mm. So what Prabhupada did was necessary and that was something that happened. Prabhupada did for a reason. With our Sri the Gurudev specifically, before he departed, he, he would come back and forth every day to Vrindavan Prabhupada would bring him, this is in the record, you know, he would send a taxi and Prabhupada would come and Akinshan, another Maharaj would come and do treatment for Prabhupada and they would speak and they would have a very deep connection and, and Prabhupada asked him specifically to help take care of his disciples. So our Gurudev, if people say our Gurudev just came and tried to leech his devotees, our Gurudev followed his, what he says, my Shiksha Guru and Priyabandhu, my mm. Shiksha Guru and dear friend. He said, he followed his Shiksha Guru's instruction, mm. which was to nourish and take care of his devotees. And Gurudev never wanted to be the Acharya. Iskand devotees at some point, you know, offered him to be a, 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 a guru in Iskan, and he declined because, you know, there's other sensitive kind of doctrinal issues about the jiva and things like that, which ultimately, okay, that's a you know, great discussion. Right. But, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> a, a can of worms that. Yeah, um, totally. So we don't run too late. But really, like, yeah, that was like a... That was a sound, no, effect. No, no, no. That was no, a sound no. effect moment. You know, <laughs> kind of worms, sound effects. <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, no. Okay. I guess that okay. one. Anyway, um, that goes back to the unity university thing. But yeah, basically, yeah. Arshila Gurudev had a very deep connection to Prabhupada. Our Parm Gurudev gave Prabhupada sannyas. They were very close. You know, Bhakti Pragyan Keshavaraj. When he left, Prabhupada was in Seattle. Prabhupada had everyone write a letter signing, you know, to, to offer you know, their their prayers and their condolences. Wow. Prabhupada, the people who were there said Prabhupada was weeping inconsolably 
wow. that his sannyas guru had left. And I think the thing is that with real Vaishnavas, it's more than a formality of initiation. It's a spiritual connection. Mm. So with Agurudev and Prabhupada, that spiritual connection is shown in their letters that still do exist. And and people who say there wasn't a bunch more letters, I know specifically the person who found a huge, because Satsurut Maharaj was looking for the letters to write his, his um, Prabhupada Lila Mrita. Right. And the devotees found it for him, and it was a bundle, probably 200 or so. Yeah. They were all lost. And, you know, a lot of the time from our side, those were, you know, subdued, the ones that were there. Now some of them have been included in the Veda base, mm. Bhaktivedanta Veda base. So there, there is a relation. And, and Prabhupada said we have a, you know, a spiritual relationship based on, you know, spiritual, like love. I forget the exact words, but it's there. You can find it. And so they have that spiritual connection. They're ultimately all in that spiritual family of Krishna. They're all associates of Krishna. We have that faith that there is Sadguru. Mahaprabhu always said, understand the difference between Mukta and Bada, Falgu and Yukta. Pure, liberated soul, and conditioned soul, and appropriate renunciation and false renunciation. Yeah. Mahaprabhu gave those instructions. So someone who's like a liberated soul, if they're in the same Sampradaya, they will have some kind of spiritual connection. And in, once you get into Sampradayak topics, it's like in the spiritual world, there's Vipaksha groups, Vipaksha groups, Vajatya groups, Vijatya groups, you know, I would say it's undeniable that our Prabhupada and our Gurudev are Svapaksha groups. They're Svajatya. Mm. That means there's a spiritual, transcendental, eternal relationship. Right. And, Wonderful. And, you know, that's just a few minutes on it. We could talk more. But sure. I think going forward, I think there was a talk between our Gurudev and many ISKCON leaders in, in Los Angeles back in the early 2000s. From our side, I didn't give our perspective as much as well. Um, our Gurudev was banned from all ISKCON centers in 94 and you know when he would come to the west some people would let him see but they wouldn't let him you know see the deities in some places Argudev was very genuinely hurt he said at one place that you know you can let a hollywood star come a starlet come you know with questionable you know character and things like that not yeah. with everyone but certain you know pro <laughs> of course yeah and you know, he said but i'm not allowed to come to take the foot dust of propod and he said, you know, he so said, that I've come to America specifically to take the foot dust of Prabhupada. He said, I've come here because Prabhupada called me here. Mahaprabhu called me here and I'm serving him. And so he was very hurt that he wasn't, you know, welcome. And, and, you know, it wasn't that he hadn't helped and trained many of the senior leadership in ISKCON for many years from the seventies forward, from the eighties, you know, into the early nineties. And then, you know, certain things and ultimately, okay, I'll say this because it's, it's a good topic, and it's something that will be useful to devotees, I think. I think so. so I mean, So I would say this yeah. also, again, going back to the other side. I'm trying to play both sides here a bit. Sure. Not play both sides, but give some kind of multivariate analysis. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people who are followers of Srila Gurudev were very rude and uh, it, it, uh, acted inappropriately towards senior ISKCON leadership. You know, like, oh, who are you? You know, demeaning them as if they were not Prabhupada's representatives, not as if they were not, but like not properly respecting and honoring someone in a, in a position of respect and honor. Mahaprabhu right. said, Jive Saman, Dibe Jani Krishna Dastan, honor all living entities, but specifically like a learned person or a respectable person, a guru figure, if you don't honor them properly, that's a dishonor, that's a anadar. Mm. And, and it's something that is hurtful to your own spiritual life and it causes division. And so, you know, from that side, it's like they, you know, act respectfully towards everyone. And, you know, from the other side, they felt like, you know, okay, they didn't properly accept our Gurudev. And, you know, that led to different things, led to different things, you know, when it was banned, then it became like a policy. And even to this day, I mean, you know, it's like, even with the Sridhar Maharaj, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Maharaj, it's like, okay, so it's okay to quote him, but it's not okay to quote Sridhar Maharaj. Right. Why? What's the big deal? They all read his books. Most people, you know, 
and it used to be like a stigma. Oh, like you have to hide the book. Nowadays, you can, you know, it's an ebook, so it's easy to hide. But like, what's wrong with Venu Geet? Most of the most of his books, and I'll say this, this is important. Most of his books are translations of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. It's unquestionable. Sometimes he gives Bhavanuvad and he gives commentary and things like that. But, but it's essentially Gaudiya Vaishnava scripture. And you know, you can say that it's not for uh, a neophyte perhaps, but intermediate definitely, and some definitely also for neophytes. Like, you know, everyone should take part of the rich culture of Gaudiya Vaishnava literature. The Goswami, Mahaprabhu specifically sent the Goswamis to establish Vigraha, to establish the holy places of Radhakrishna, to establish Vigraha, and to establish Vaishnava Maryada, etiquette, rules and regulations, things like that. So if we were to say that we can't read the Goswami's literature at any point in our spiritual evolution, mm. okay, you can say that now you're in your primary class. Now, if we were to say that we can never read the Goswami literature, why did Mahaprabhu send them to write those books? And yeah. why did they do them if they're like forbidden? And Mahaprabhu said in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and Prabhupada writes about this, that you know, there's a story of the buried treasure. And you, know, you have to have the, the guru figure tell you where the buried treasure is. And go, go to the south, go to the north, go to the west. It's in the east. And there's where you find it. That's how you get it. So that buried treasure of, for us is, is our Gaudiya Vaishnava literature. Mm. And so our Gurudev would present that literature and people would be like, no, you can't read that. It's, you know, something like one or, something or other. But so, you know, there's a, still a bit of a stigma. And I think gradually we can break that down without, now this is the doubt, oh, they're going to try and steal. Or, look, if we can make more brahmacharis, like when the devotees come to our Radhakunj from Iskand, it's like, okay, who should I take initiation from? Go to Radna Swami, go to Indra Maharaj. Like, seriously, genuinely, we send people to other, you know, and it's like... Really? What's, yes. What's wow. the, like, if they perhaps come from Mumbai or, or come from Vrindavan, perhaps from Iskand, and say, oh, I want to stay some time and train up, where should I take initiation from? Go there, go there. There's no, like, mood of weird, like, competition. It's like, you know, Krishna sends everyone to who they're meant to be with, mm. and we should try to foster and nourish that. So I think if we kind of clear up that a bit and ultimately have this mood, I'd say, you know, and I don't want to go on too long, but it's a it's No, a no, 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 please. Question. This is great. This and is we, great. Can, we can perhaps go back and forth more, but... Yeah, no, know, no, no. This is a good Our mood is this, okay? Yeah. As what we're doing here, we don't, we're not, you know, saying that we're Gaudiya Mat. Gaudiya Mat established by Srila Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada, it's like our spiritual father figure as a Sangha society. Ultimately, what we are in essence is connected to that because it's the parent and the child have, you know, a very deep connection. Yes. Umbilical cord connection between the son and the mother or the daughter and the mother or even the father. So the point is that, you know, like you look at Krishna and Brahma, for example, you know, mm. um, there's a deep connection. And with Iskan also, because, you know, with ISKCON and Gaudiya Mat politics, I feel like sometimes ISKCON, the Gaudiya Mat will have like a superiority mood, like we're, you know, we're the, we know how to do it exactly the ancient way. And, and then, you know, ISKCON obviously bigger, more successful. So they have their, you know, strong cards. So there's kind of this game going on. Yeah. And we don't want to participate in that game. You know, what we're doing is how I feel is that Gaudiya Mat is like our father, ISKCON is like our big brother, and we're like the little baby. And, and so we want to see the big brother to be successful, the father to be successful, and also to be, have, have a f friendly family association. Like mm. We should be having a mood of ultimately being family, ultimately being associates, you know, associated, affiliated. And, and then we can have, okay, I would say if there's a little bit of cross-pollination, what's the harm? Right. If there's a little bit of cross-pollination, what's the harm? Yeah. And the danger of not having a wall, of having bridges is cross-pollination. The societies that become... Too wall-centric, 
ultimately wither and die. Yes. You can look at, um, in the course of society, everyone who limits export-import perishes. So we're afraid of cross-pollination between societies because, oh, he came from ISKCON, then he's initiated by a Gaudiya Guru. Or he was, I, I was training up this person, then he became initiated from that person. Okay, Krishna is the controller. Krishna is the Guru. I'm not the Guru. Krishna is the controller and Guru, and we're yeah. just the servants. And so if there's a bit of cross-pollination, that's life. I feel like the, the lines in the future will become more blurred. Like the divisions will be less. Just from like what we're doing, like, but I think the lines and and the divisions were a lot more in the previous generation just i guess because it was more fresh and there was a lot of misunderstandings like you're mentioning and um i mean i wanted to ask you something but i forgot what it was um do you want to add something no i want to hear from you okay <laughs> um what else did i want to say um it's such right a load it's such a like difficult deep question that it, it's kind of like okay let's stop that and move on to something else but no know. no no i think yeah i think we should continue but yeah let's uh, dig deeper into it you know um right before you said blurred lines we're gonna blur the lines yeah we were we we're gonna but, but before that i had another thought um what i wanted to say i mean i'm just digesting what you're saying because it's it's profound and it's a lot of uh things that uh I mean, I've heard before, but to hear it from from you, so to say, from the horse's mouth, like, no, I'm not calling you a horse, but <laughs> it's a saying we have in America. Uh, to hear that, right, I'm leaving. <laughs> to hear that is really, uh, it's really, it, it, it's. I think it brings a lot of um, hope for me personally to to hear all that. But um, I didn't. I don't remember what I had to say about it. But I'll, you can, just, can, I'll just continue. Like, yeah, yeah. I really. I think if you genuinely have a love for people, then all these things will work themselves out. If you have doubt, mistrust, hate, or fear towards people, then you know the defenses go up and up and up and up. Yeah. You know, and and taking your defenses down makes you vulnerable, but it also makes you stronger and learn more. Mm. So you know, we put up our defenses too quickly sometimes, and. You know, sometimes, you know, look at a mother and a child. If a mother kept the child in the bubble the whole life, they'd remain very weak mm. and more vulnerable. As soon as they're exposed to real life, you know, they can just finished. Yeah. So I would say that. And I would say, you know, genuinely have affection for people. I, I genuinely feel affection for people. I don't care if they eat meat. Like, they're learning. They're, they're growing. Right. Why should you hate someone? Because, like, do you hate a tiger? I think tigers are awesome. <laughs> if they eat meat like okay ultimately it's not the highest evolutionary stage right. in spirituality but ultimately it's like that doesn't make them a bad person right and so you know we should, Prabhu, we should... One sec. i hate to ask you to do something Prabhu. can you close that door yeah, no. i'm really sorry yeah, no. yeah so you know i think if we genuinely have a mood of affection towards people then right. not only can we preach better because people are smart people are intuitive so if they know that you're just preaching down to them trying to convert them, trying to make you like them, it becomes like a Borg mentality. Mm. We are the Borg. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. Right. No one wants that. No one wants to be... Krishna doesn't want you to love him by force. Krishna doesn't want you to love him by force. Mm. Krishna wants you to love him. And therefore, he gives you a free world to have free reign in. And if you decide to love him, you can go to his abode. I don't like when people are like, you have to follow Krishna consciousness. You go to hell if you don't. That's a lot of the problems with Christianity and other religions. Like my way, the highway... And otherwise, you're damned forever. Mm. And so it's like, 
I believe in you know, what I call the loving reality. It's something that Krishna really genuinely loves you. Genuinely loves you as a father, as Krishna Mata, Tomeva Pita, Tomeva Bandhu, Tomeva Saka. Krishna genuinely loves you. And he's genuinely compassionate, Bhakta Vatsalya. Mm. Genuinely Dina Vatsala. So that being said, you know, we are put in a situation in this world to have free reign. And we have to, we have Krishna gives us the independence to do what we like. Ultimately, you know, if if we you know, come to the highest understanding, we can approach him in a loving way and make loving relationship, go to his spiritual dham. In the meantime, you know, this world is our, you know, look at the Bible or look at the Gita. Krishna says, Saha yagya praja, like do yagya and flourish. Mm. Krishna says, do yagya and flourish. You know, if you look at the biblical tradition, you know, serve God and, and, and be custodians of the earth. So this is a place where, you know, and having that responsibility from God to be caretakers rather than, and this goes something deeper, I think. If we understand that we are not the masters. And if we try to eliminate that master consciousness and develop the servant consciousness, there'll be a lot less fighting. A lot of the master, com com uh, the master complex comes from ego and desire to control. And if we can gradually, you know, erode that at the edges, gradually, 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 you know, rust away at it, you know, mm. eat away at it, then, you know, we become in the mood of a servant of Sri Krishna and, and try to be a caretaker and a provider and a supporter of others. Like, you know, for example, our, what I'm trying to do, not in essence what I'm trying to do, but what is, what is essentially reality? And, you know, you can look at reality in a way that it's a place where it's just a fight for survival and survival of the fittest and, you know, dog-eat-dog -dog world, yeah. rat race. And that, if you want to live in that reality, you can. And that is a, a, a facet of reality. But ultimately, my understanding is that Sri Krishna is the loving reality. He loves us. This is a place where we get to exhibit our free will and ultimately come to a loving relationship with him. We are not the controllers of anything. Mm. We are controlled by karma. We are controlled by the three modes of nature. I am the doer. That's my ego. That's my false ego. Mm. And so if we think that, like, for example, institutionally, this is Sri Krishna's proprietary property. It's his intellectual property. Yeah. And it's Srila Prabhupada and Srila Gurudev. They are the progenitors of this. And we are just the humble servants because as soon as we start getting the master complex around a Sangha, around an institution, then it becomes, you know, a mirror of us and are trying to will our uh, you know will to power over it, like Nietzsche talks about. So I firmly believe that if we have this mood, even like as an organization, this goes into a very deep topic we've talked about a long time. At the top of the hierarchy of the organization should be a very rock solid conception that this is a transcendental entity. There is a material, you know, substance that is, you know, what is holding Dharma, Dharma Rakshita Rakshita, holding tradition. There is an organization. There are board of directors. There is GBC. There has to be that. Prabhupada set that up. Without that, there's just anarchy. And that means there's no order and things can't prosper. Create, you know, there's the balance between order and chaos, the Tao. Right. You need to have order. You need to have freedom. The <laughs> order should support creativity. Mm. The order creates a, a playing field where people can, you know, walk down the street without being too afraid of, you know, just being destroyed and or something crazy happening. So the order supports creativity when it's proper. But, you know, ultimately, Krishna gives freedom. We should provide freedom to people. We shouldn't try to overtly control them with rules and regulations. Instead, try to serve them with love and affection, automatically they'll be controlled. Mm. That's the secret. 
Like, how does a mother control the household? She's the mom. She loves you. She cooks for you. She takes care of you. She's the boss. But mom's the boss of the household. You know, if your dad doesn't love you, you're going to rebel against him. Right. So serve with love, everybody, love and affection, and try to erode that egoic tendency to try to be the master and the dominator. At the same time, we have to take decisions. We have to take leadership responsibility. But at the top of the pyramid of hier the hierarchy of the institution or whatever it may be, always understand that Sri Krishna is the supreme proprietor. We're just the caretakers. As soon mm. as we start thinking, I'm the boss, it's my thing, my way or the highway, things are going to immediately start to become gradually, incrementally corrupted. I hear a lot of broad-mindedness and uh, maturity in what you're saying. Where did that come from? Um, just witnessing Because fighting. not everyone witnessing speaks fighting. like this. Witnessing, What's that? Witnessing fighting. Really? Witnessing conflict. With like within division. your... Within just everywhere. Right. Look around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, there's a, there's a thing to like... I think being being a member of a team is a good thing because it gives you something to be... You know, you're part of something. Right. It's good. But, you know, at the end of the t game, you shake hands and you love each other. Yeah. So competition, I also... I believe in competition. Competition is a good thing. I believe in, you know, free market. <laughs> and if yeah. you want to, you know, get into the details, there's, 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 a, there's a balanced perspective around that. Yeah. But essentially, people should have a, a, a freedom to thrive. Right. And, and they should feel a, a, an enthusiasm in competition without hating your opponent essentially you know because they're not your opponent you're playing a game together we're playing a game together in this world it's a leela it's a sport mm. so you know someone takes the role of antagonist protagonist but it's still ultimately a sport and i think the the maturity comes just from you know deep <clears throat> who knows but i'm just i try to live in a way that you can you can see beyond those superficial uh, tendencies to divide and conquer because ultimately it is a bit of a divide and conquer game mm. these are the bad guys we're the good guys. Come to our team and listen about these guys. They do this. They do this. They do this. They're full of this. They're, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Who really knows? Not only do who, who really knows, like they say, you know, you can believe something 99.9%, .9%, but if you believe something 100% absolutely, you're fanatical. You should believe something absolutely, but like ultimately, don't let it make you fanatical. Mm. And, and, and at the same time, just, you know, ultimately, what I guess I will I'll just stop it at this truly believe in your faith if you have faith in something go all the way go all in in the sense that look at it deeply and what it really means don't look at just the superficial part of it like this is our institution it was founded this time this is what you know this is our founder our guru and he taught about this guy called krishna who you know who knows who he is if he even existed you know or like jesus he didn't even exist like really if you're going to be part of it try to adopt it fully and then read the scriptures Krishna says, Anything you see, everything you see, that's Krishna's. It's not mine. And therefore, I can, I can serve it. Uh, don't be the master. You know, you have to be a master in your house. You have to be a master at the same time. But right. you're, you're, you have a master. <laughs> you know? Playing devil's advocate, someone who's hearing what you're saying could say that <clears throat> what it could turn into is some kind of kitchery. You're 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 being too broad-minded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you what would before. you say to Dharma that? Rakshita, Rakshita. Right. I'm not saying that's. I was having a conversation with this, and it's actually it was a good fun, like a good friend, but an argument from his side. Right. Oh, I and love it. Was those. like you know it was like <laughs> no, it all has to be one basically. And what has to be? Advice. What has to be one? All the sanghas have to be one. Oh right, right. No you differences. Have to, you have to water everything down to a point where everything can be the same. Right. Like so, it's it's a mayavad tendency, and usually it's based on desire for harmony. 
everything if everything was one we believe things would be harmonious right but ultimately i i, I don't believe in oneness mayavad or communism or anything like that the idea because at that point things become homogenous and bland and boring krishna likes variety krishna likes rasa variety is the spice of life mm. so basically if you believe that everyone should thrive it would be boring if everything was the same mm. so as soon as we understand that then things should be different and we should also have our thing because otherwise it would all become one right. so and then i segued into like the guy was like well, where's the scriptural background for that i was like have you heard of something called the chinta beta beta tattva right it's called like the precept, the teaching of Mahaprabhu. It's the tattva, the truth, not the vad, the theory. Yeah. The tattva, tattva is that it's simultaneously one and different, and to a material mind, it's inconceivable. Mm. But ultimately, achintya swarupam govinda mari purusham tamam bhajami. Krishna govinda is achintya, but when you have premanjana charita bhakti vilochanena, when you have the eyes uh, anointed with the salve of love, you'll see that he is shamasundar, very beautiful and very sweet. He is Adi Purush. So basically, just we're saying everything's broad-minded it is broad-minded but i'm not saying break down all the walls and have no walls i'm saying have them also but also have bridges have bridges, it both right have it both mm. have your integrity protect your culture specific tradition while also have, allowing everyone to being you don't have to feel threatened when other people thrive because everything would if there was only one car brand it'd be boring it's only one type of ice cream it'd be boring only one type of people would be boring there's a lot of different things and that's because god wills it that way mm. And so trying to homogenize it all makes it lose its essential quality that Krishna has given it. Krishna, and, and through time, things change. Sometimes everything is more similar. Sometimes things are more different. But ultimately, Krishna is the boss. Krishna is doing things how he wants. We're not the doers. So even the conflict is Krishna's will. Kali Mars is a manifestation of Krishna's energy. Mm. Fighting tendency, that's manifestation of Krishna's energy. I was talking to one senior Prabhupada disciple just a couple of days ago. It was really cool. I was saying that, you know, we're talking about COVID and politics and things like that. And they were bringing it all up. And I was saying, look, you know, my, my response to the whole political thing and the COVID thing is like, the darker the night, the more beautiful the stars and the moon. So the darkness of Kali Yuga is a beautiful setting for Gorda Chandra. It's mm. a beautiful setting for the golden moon of Mahaprabhu. Do you think that there is a way to repair the relationship between ISKCON and your Gurudev Sangha? Uh, certainly. It's going to be done by the youth and also by the mature senior devotees and it is also already occurring it's natural it's a natural evolution and i think it will come together look pro mahapuru said it's right. a big task to accomplish it is every town and village there should be a center iskon center in every town and village i would be overjoyed if there was an iskon center in every town and village yeah i would be overjoyed I want to see Prabhupada everywhere. I, everywhere I go, I want to have a Govinda's restaurant because then like, we'll take a shot at Govinda's restaurant and they'll give us some free Prashad sometimes too, you know? <laughs> Great. And we should also, Iskand should also feel, look, if Iskand does their job really well, I'll also support that as much as I can. I'll send people as much as I can, as long as I live. We'll do our best. But then also it should be that, like, look, we want you to succeed. What's the problem if we also have some temples? Yeah. And sometimes your devotees come for our program and we do little things a little different. Sometimes we come to your program, we do little things different. What's the problem? Yeah. Six, abundance mentality, win-win mentality. Don't be stuck down in this narrow conscience like we have enough. We have more seva to do to Mahaprabhu. Yes. To serve more. And so we need to work really hard more. And if everyone has this in spirit of enthusiasm, like in the time of Prabhupada, our great would say, serve like in the time of Prabhupada. We need, this is my pet beef. 
I, 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 I'm, I'm deeply annoyed by complacency and by, you know, there's so many, you know, basically the idea of sambalins or something, just basically like, oh, why should we do anything? What's the point? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, we should be very enthusiastic. It's a wonderful thing we're part of. We should be very confident. This, this is Mahaprabhu's Dharma, Krishna. This is the essence of everything. This is the absolute truth. We should serve it enthusiastically. Mm. And, and if we do that, we can all succeed. We can all succeed. It takes a lot of, like Krishna looks, who is willing to serve me? And I will empower them. Wonderful. So. Wow. How old are you again? 33. Wow. Amazing. I'm I'm just kind of speechless by what you're saying. It's very nice, very very. Uh, and when I try to f kind of like ask questions about more like mundane things about you know this, it, what you're saying makes it seem like kind of silly. Yeah, the the thing it's too broad minded. It's like it's reality. It is reality. Like literally. Okay, that's why I said have faith in your faith. Read the Bhagavatam and believe it. See what happens if you believe it. Krishna says that. If you have Shraddha, Shraddha gives you the power to like advance. Right. Like without Shraddha, you can't do anything. Like if you go to school, if you don't, if you challenge everything, you don't believe anything, you don't like your, you know, okay, you can use your questioning spirit, Jigyasu, yeah. choir, but ultimately have guidance. And so the point is basically read the Bhagavatam. You know, all the universes are floating in and out of the pores of Mahavishnu every time he breathes. Okay. So the entire cosmic manifestation exists for one breath of Mahavishnu. Mm. And what is our time capsule that we're in right now in relation to that cosmic breath? Mm. In relation to co Brahma's cosmic breath or Indra's breath? So much time is elapsing. We're dead. What are we trying to control? Meaning serve to your best capacity, protect the Dharma, promote the Dharma, proselytize the Dharma without trying to be the boss, the master of it, in the sense of have that service mood. But at the same time, it's like, understand your insignificance. Mm. When, I was, when I was young, I would write poetry and like, you know, I, and submit it. And I was like, you know, if we can understand our insignificance, <laughs> and it just, it's again, understanding of reality. I am insignificant. It's not like an understanding. It's a coming, it's a realization of the truth. I'm insignificant. We're all insignificant. We're going to be forgotten before Brahma blinks an eye. This world is going to be forgotten. Like, really, like Bhumi Devi will continue, but like civilizations rise and fall. Right. And they become lost in the dust. Everyone significant is forgotten. We can't be significant. We can do our best to serve. And, you know, we try to be significant. Everyone has that kind of thing. I want to be significant. Everyone wants to be, you know, like, okay, let's be realistic also. I don't want to be too airy fairy and like, I'm like a saint or something. No, we want to be, people want to do their thing. But, at the same time, at the top of that, just understand that this is something very broad, very great, eternal. It's an eternal dharma, sanatan dharma. There's nothing we can control over it. Something I'm hearing a lot from, from when you both speak is, is a lot of faith. And for someone like myself, uh, who also grew up as a devotee, and also my peers who are also devotees living in the West... And then also, I mean, I have my own children, I have two sons, and I, and I want them to grow up and be devotees. Uh, what would you say to, to like peers like me who are growing up in the West, they have jobs, they have families, they're trying to hold on to a shred of Krishna consciousness, but it's, as you, as you know, it's so difficult here. It's like the Maya is like really holding you down as much as you try to be a devotee and it's like a struggle daily. 
what would you what tips or what um instructions yeah, yeah. or what can you give to to people like me in in, in california in 2016 when i came back for our visa it was after 10 years of being having been in america and someone was talking to me about basically this thing and i said like look you're a devotee at your heart you're a devotee so don't overly restrain your senses i'm, I'm trying to see like sense and joy but i'm just saying like you're you're a devotee and so like okay, you watch a YouTube video once in a while that's like a, a stupid joke or something, or like you do a little bit of Maya. If you try to overly restrict people from that, it backfires. What so can I'm repression just, accomplish? Yeah, so I'm just saying like, okay, say you like basketball or you like football. It's like, yeah, I like those things too. They're cool. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to, it's, it's a balance because we have to be Krishna conscious and we try to become more and more Krishna conscious. As Prabhupada would say, you know, if you're 50% Krishna conscious, you're 50% Maya conscious. And we try to be 60, 40 and 70, 30 and 80, 20. But you have to be honest with where you're at and who you are. And I read some, I think it was one of the first European disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta that like really, and he was, uh, I won't, again, too many names, but he talked about that. He said, spiritual life, you can really advance if you're uh, honest with where you're at. Mm. Don't try to be who you're not. And with your children also, if you try to force your children to be true Krishna conscious, it'll backfire. But at the same time, just teach them how cool it is. And mm. that's part of the, what we want to do in the ashram. What, part of the reason I want to do an ashram outside of the city is so that people come there for multiple days. And we have a facility where they can host them. And we can just have a good time. Mm. Kirtan is fun, right? Yeah. Like you get a big kirtan, dancing, ecstatic. Wonderful. It's ecstatic. Yes. You know, and you have great prasadam, you know, community get-togethers, great festivals all the time like who has a better who puts on a better party than devotees yeah devotees put on a great party so sell it like really bhakti is nice bhakti is fun bhakti is cool bhakti is great at the same time you know don't try to become like you know we don't want to become like um you know like not the mormons but um in pennsylvania the amish amish yeah okay we're not gonna drive a car you know or like you look at the ancient scriptures sannyasi crosses over the river or something and they fall down from it's like if you try to, you know, we have to also adapt and evolve with tendencies in society and like social media and things like that. It's like, okay, that's okay. Like if in our core of core, we realize I'm just, I'm just, I love Krishna and, and then I'm working it out. And then it's like, I think people would be more into it if they weren't as much forced to be like, you got to do this. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's I'm not, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, obviously what he's saying is not everyone should watch a little bit of YouTube. He's saying, um, it should, um, you should not let oppression make a negative effect. Meaning I'll give an example in my life. I mean, I just had a conversation with someone and I realized in the middle of the conversation, he thinks that I'm a brahmachari with my dhoti red cloth in public and everything because my parents were strict right. devotees and they like trained me. Right. And that's really not what it was. I had full freedom to question anything whenever. What and was it? What was it that kept me going? Yeah, what was it that made you dedicate your life? I'm, I'm not saying I'm an expert at this, but um, I'm, I think the only thing I want to say is association. I mean, right. I have some, I have people and they do not want to be named. These of course. Vaishnavs that do, like specifically told me don't mention my name. Right. But I know that they have, um, they have Nishta for my guru. And somehow from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to be with them so I could also have yeah but yeah, I see, guess this is an important see, topic we need to yes Adesanga, go ahead yeah, but see that that your faith in that person or in those people that you want to become like them where did that come from You'd probably say sukriti yeah I, I guess that's the easy 
answer. See, I'm just I'm just trying to strategize my own sons. Uh, you know, I, I want them to be devotees, but I understand that like I've seen in the past, like you you can have an amazing devotee and their children don't become devotees. Like where why why does that happen? I, I would say exactly what he said. Sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva sastikoi. It's something we haven't gotten into, but like time flies and we've talked about lots yes, of things. Yes. But, but his ultimately, question, Sadhu Sangha is the answer. His interesting question is where did you get the desire to want to do the Sadhu Sangha? So that's why we say this. I mean, I mean, you, uh, from your very young Sadhu. age, from your very young age, you're seeing these these devotees and you, you feel like, and they've given you some love. So you feel some kind of like. I want to become like them because I, I feel reciprocation from them. I mean, from in my own life, I remember at our temple here in Tawako, um, when I was young, my parents would drop me off at the temple and the brahmacharis, I would hang out with them. And I wanted to be a brahmachari, like so badly. I wanted to put on cool. saffron and be a brahmachari until my, until I was, uh, you know, 20 years old. I wanted to be like that. But, uh, I mean, it didn't work out the way I wanted it, but, uh, that kind of samskar that I had, in the association of, of some brahmacharis, it was like super uh, impression. It like a, it's left a, such a deep impression on me. I would say that's actually a really good answer, and because for me also it was growing up, we would have really cool sannyasis hang out at my house, and we would you know we do festivals all the time from growing up from the time I was baby, right? Literally, Anuku as was at my house since I was a baby, yeah, and going forward to the present day, so and the rathyatras and things like that. So seeing the sadhus. And just seeing how it's a pretty like you know it's like real sadhus they're like jedi almost you know yeah it's a, yeah it's, it's like a real genuine sadhu it's not something yeah cheap and you know yes we're not that we're right not that but how could there are sadhus there are sadhus who are genuine right. you know masters yeah and it's really cool and you know for me going to india every year since you know he was six when we first went 96 i was nine and it was just like kartik parikam was so cool right thousand people and like barefoot walking around the prashadam was cool i you know i really liked like big feasts it's something that you read about in like cool fiction mm. you know like big banquets and you're feeding hundreds of people <laughs> it's something really cool like who does that yeah so if you it's have true. like a festival and you're like navadri parikrama we feed fifteen thousand people and it's so cool being part of that like because you're the guys like carrying the rice and like feeding everybody and you have like hundreds of people serving out at the same time yeah you know an army of devotees it's really far out Mm. And Kartik is the same kind of thing. And so it's really attractive. And so I would say bringing your children into cool, wonderful, like devotee association and festivals. Yeah. And then also, you know, Sadhu Sangha ultimately is the answer. Yeah. Without Sadhu, we can't get, you know, Krishna. Without Guru, we can't get Krishna. So, you know, Sadhu shows us Guru and Guru gives us Krishna, you know, Hari Guru Vaishnava. So Vaishnava association is vital. Mm. It's vital for the parents and the children. Right. It has to be Vaishnava association. That can be through books, through media, and ultimately it should have some real tangible presence of sadhu. You know, lava matra sadhu sangha. You have to actually have sadhu sangha. You know, santam prasanga mama virya sambido. The association of the devotees and their discourses and their association has the Lord's shakti. So that shakti impregnates, you know, the consciousness with transcendental power through the ear. Through the yeah. ear, krishnam. So let them. You know, everything is centered around bringing people to hear harikata. And, and everything is kind of ornamenting that. Right. So I would say, you know, take a kid to Kartik and see Krishna Balaram. And, and the thing is, you hopefully feel we can it. still do that in the future. The thing is, you feel it again. And, and I just keep talking about myself, but my example wasn't more, wasn't exactly like, oh, I want to do Sarasanga. It was like, you know what? Let me try this. What mm -hmm. happens if I try this? I'm going to go to India. I'm yeah. going to get associated. Give it a and shot. 
I loved it. I felt it. And yeah. So. Yeah, and I did. I did the same. Basically, same thing. That's like a. It's like a deep. Uh, you know, like a revelation almost that you could that you have had that made you that keeps you going. Um, but what about for some? I I feel like some challenges we have now are the kids who are kind of teenagers who have grown up as devotees. And they have seen everything, but their association with non-devotees or with friends is more than their association with devotees. So they feel like uh, I've seen what these, what my the religion of my parents is about. That's a good. That's a good. Now, how do we? How do we? You know, I just want to know. I'm just you know yeah. throw ideas at you. Like, what would you say about that? I mean, you're gonna you might come across that in your preaching. You know. It's yeah, a, well, um, I haven't had to think about it much, but parenting must be this crazy balance that you have to find, you know. Right. Um, it's not all about letting them do whatever they want, and it's not about putting the iron hand over them, you know. So sure, sure. That's. Yeah, I and I guess if they, I would say then again with that, go back to Sadhu Sangha, that if it's just the decoration without the essence, you know, without the spiritual essence, then it's not going to sustain them. So it has to be the the all the cultural stuff we do. If we imbibe Harikata and, and and really immerse ourselves in it, mm. even a little bit every day, you know, you can have that as a daily kind of thing, perhaps. But even that's hard to do. I know from my own experience growing up that it's hard to have that daily regimen of like, okay, now we're gonna hear Bhagavatam verse. Now we're gonna, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I, I go to school, oh, whatever, you know, that's yeah. trying to me, me to do this. It's yeah, easy. yeah. But you know. If we can, if we can try to take shelter of genuine sadhus, sometime even a little bit, and get their blessing. You know, Ajamil's story is so great because he got a sadhu's darshan and he got the name of his son from a sadhu, mm. and that you know, that was the seed that gave him ultimate salvation. Mm. So you know, having sadhus, you know, and that's why real sadhus are such a wonderful thing and something that you know we say just and I'll shortly say this, but you know. If something's really great, a lot of people will imitate it because it's an easy way to get position, to get fame. So there's lots of bogus sadhus, lots of bogus gurus, and that's something that's undeniable. Yeah. But what that means for an intelligent person is that there must be a genuine thing, because the there the falsehood is right. is supported on the strength of the truth. Otherwise, it loses its its capacity. Yeah. And you take counterfeit money. There's no such thing as counterfeit money without real money. Okay. <laughs> right. Real money is the basis of counterfeit money. Yes. So real guru is the basis of false guru and bogus gurus. And so the people who say that all gurus are bogus, you are your own guru, that's maya. Mm. That's maya. I am, you know, I am, the, I, I am the guru. maya. You're trying to ma measure everything by your own intelligence. Mm. But just logically, like counterfeit money is there because there's genuine money. If there's no genuine money, what's the value of a counterfeit $100 bill? Right. So the same thing goes with guru and sadhu. So just because there are bogus gurus and bogus sadhus, which there are, just because you may be cheated, which you might, you know, if you're sincere and you pray to Krishna, Krishna uh, reciprocates with you accordingly. So you reciprocate with Krishna sincerely, pray to Krishna sincerely, he may send you some tests, you may get some problems on the way. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, you can find, I guess, you know, so, and I want to cap, I don't know how long you want to go, but again, like this point that, we talk in broad-minded terms. Ultimately, it's very broad, but within that broadness, you need a guide. You need to walk in the footsteps of a great personality. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, either that search for guru is part of the search for Krishna. 
And, you know, Sastra says, you know, I won't do many slokas, but basically, you know, if a lotus flower is outside of the river, just heated by the sun, then it's going to wither and die. Mm. It's going to wilt. But if it's in the water, then the sun nourishes it. So the idea of the water and, right. and the soil is that's guru. The light of the sun is Krishna right. and the lotus flower is the jiva. Yeah. So without guru, you can't get Krishna. Without Krishna, you can't get guru. They support each other. But in our spiritual evolution, you know, what does it say? You know, when we become exhausted from the cycle of samsara, Krishna gives us freedom to experience samsara. At some point in that, when we realize that, you know, ultimately this, there's a better, there's a better opportunity. Mm. So then, you know, mm-hmm. that's the beginning of Vedanta Sutra, Tato Brahma Jigyasa. That's the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, mm. it all starts with desire for inquiry into the absolute truth, which leads you to finding Sadguru, which leads you to Krishna. So you need Sadguru, you need Sadhu, and, and that can ultimately help people too. So that's that's why I'm saying that's the when you get things into tangible things. The the broadness is just the setting. But ultimately you need a specific teacher. Right. Right. Wow. And you should Amazing. follow that teacher. So I usually cap it out at an hour and a half, so we're we're about there. But uh, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, so, so tell us about a little bit, uh, very briefly, about your <clears throat> festival that you're having. I, I mean, uh, I know it's yeah. COVID, yeah. and no, no, you know, we're, yeah, because of COVID, it's kind of limited, and because we're new in the town, and we can't kind of overwhelm the town with gatherings. <laughs> right, I right. Think New York law is like it caps it at like fifty. Oh, really? Perhaps. So okay. you know, who's really counting? <laughs> right. Do right. you say fifty and like you know <laughs> devotees? You know, before you know it, it's two hundred and fifty. <laughs> So as long as you know the we one thing is these bodies yeah <laughs> but you know for that reason you know we're trying to you know we could promote it really big and sure, sure. get hundreds of people but we want to keep it intimate in a sense at the same time you know you want everyone to come but going forward we'll do that i think the future should be you know i'll give you an example when we were sent here and when we first found that place that we were first really interested in, then this place as well. It was said, you know, there should be a place like Keturi Gram. Mm. Keturi Gram was where Naratandas Thakur brought all Vaishnavas of all different organizations, of all different affiliations together to celebrate Kirtan, to celebrate Mahaprabhu, and this wonderful bhakti culture. So, you know, that's what we want to do. And mm. going forward, we'll do our best to make that happen. And there's, you know, there's ways you present it to people who are new to Christian consciousness, but ultimately, like, devotees should get together and celebrate Kirtan and having a, a, a stali for that. That's Baladev Tattva. Baladev is the foundation. So this ashram is really a manifestation of Baladev. Wonderful. Do you have a name for the ashram? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Officially, like, the ashram is, you know, our Gurudev's name is Bhaktabandav. It's not his name, it's his title. His name is Srila Bhaktivedantam Narayangaswami Maharaj. But in the 40s, he was given the title Bhaktabandav when he took Diksha. In, in, in 47, Gaur Purnima, uh-huh. he took Diksha, and then shortly after that, or his Param Guru, his Guru, they've given the name Bhaktabandha. So it means the friend of the devotees, mm-hmm. literally. And it's from Sastra. Sastra has a quote, in, it's in Hari Bhakti Vilas, it's in the Hari Purana, and it's in it's quoted in other Granthas as well. It's Ashmakam Bandava Bhakta, Bhaktanam Bandava Vayam. That's about 10 verses. So what it means is that Krishna says, I am the dearmost friend of my devotees. The devotees are my dearmost friend. I know no one but the devotees. They know no one but me. Right. So that's the mood of our organization. That's the kind of spiritual culture we're trying to promote and imbibe right. with the idea that ultimately the organization is a servant of the supreme transcendental entity. Mm-hmm. right? And with that mood instantiated in, in the culture, in the you know, corporation, everything. But the idea is that you know, that name signifies a mood of serving the devotees, and of bringing people together, you know, celebrating the unity, diversity, harmony, and festivals. Okay. And you know, Krishna says, you know, 
what it means also more specifically is it means what we why believe it's a transcendental thing is because it's not like a name of institution it's a name of krishna and guru because later on in those verses and i can you know show you the verses he says jagatam guru vo bhakta bhaktanam guru vo vayam the guru of the world is the bhakta and i am the guru of the bhakta shows you the higher like the real bhakta is the guru of the world vaishnava matra jagat guru like real vaishnavas are gurus they teach people how to live in communion with god so the idea is that this is krishna and guru tattva it's the absolute truth and guru tattva mm. that's what the organization means so right. you know and it's something about love and friendship bandhav means superlative friendship there's different words for friendship mitra bandhu but bandhav means dambandan lila bandan it's being bounded by love mm. a bond of love that is to be a dear friend dear right. most friend and krishna is the dear most friend of his devotees the devotees are the dear most friends of krishna ashma uh, jagatam guru vo bhakta the bhaktas of the guru of the world bhaktanam guru vo vayam i am the guru of the bhaktas and in this way we can try to serve and help people and 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 again we have to be serious in our krishna consciousness we have to be serious in our krishna consciousness we can't just be i'm not at all promoting or favoring this kind of like it's all good sense grat you know rule four regs rules and regs don't matter yeah. no we have to follow people struggle we shouldn't condemn them yeah and, and people go through different challenges and like you know you shouldn't oppress or repress especially children and things like that let them go up and ex you know, experience and kind of kind of have freedom of movement a bit but at the same time you know we're very serious we have to be serious about krishna consciousness and we have to follow the four regs because pro that's like the basic you want to be a human being Prabhupada said you know yeah. first come to the position of being a human being then yes. try to move forward from there so i'm not in any way saying just kind of do whatever the hell you want sure um that being said, you know, what we are trying to do is, you know, essentially serve that principle of Guru and Krishna. Mm. And that's the name of our organization. It means it's when people say, what, is, what are you about? It's like, this is a name of Krishna and Sastra. This is a name of Guru and Sastra. It means the friend of all devotees, as well as, you know, you say the friend of everyone because, you know, you're trying to help everyone in a mood of upliftment. Right. And, that, and that's wow. what we're about. Wonderful. And, you know, we're very... The sad part of this whole thing and this whole reality is that you know we're just very dim, low watt, you know, <laughs> entities trying to serve something kind of incomprehensibly great, mm. and, and that's something good to remember. That's your humility, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. anyways, thank you guys for coming out. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Rasik Mohan on Facebook, uh, they can get in touch uh, yeah, with you. Yeah, I would go to YouTube. Uh, dot com slash Rasik Mohandas. Okay. Yeah, you have some wonderful videos yeah. on there of yeah. philosophy and about your ashram yeah. uh, in Vrindavan as well. It's been, uh, I, I have too many things going on, too many kind of pancakes frying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll try to develop it. I love it. it. I love but, it. It's um, great. I haven't, you know, I haven't done it at all in an organized way and you know, gradually we'll do things um, better, but you can contact me there. Okay. I can give you my 1 800 number. Oh, yeah, I saw that. 844 for Bhakti. 844 for bhakti for bhakti yeah like the number yeah. four bhakti yeah so call if someone calls that they'll call you it goes to a um like a automated voice reception and then you know you can it'll connect it through to me awesome uh, or that you can leave a voicemail or it'll be transcribed and come to my email so you know if you want to get in touch then you can call us there and um, we'll be doing more programs like that. Great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to coming to the ashram and yeah. bringing a bunch of ISKCON walls with me. And uh, uh, so thank you, everyone. This is episode 30 with uh, Rasik Mohan and Prem Pradeep. And uh, 
want to give a hurry ball to uh, Radharaman Prabhu back there who's chanting and purifying the atmosphere here. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, you can find the pod, this podcast um, on all podcast platforms. Uh, you'll, the audio will be coming out uh, shortly after the video on Facebook and YouTube. All right. Oh, then that's real honored. Take care. Yes. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.